Hello, everybody. This is Noah, and welcome to Change Talk, a podcast where I have conversations with people who are thinking about change and are open to talking about it. Introducing this week's guest, Claudia Tersigny. Claudia has been living with inflammatory bowel disease, IBD, since she was 10 years old. Rather than being discouraged by the toll that this chronic illness has had on her life, she has instead been motivated to contribute to research on this topic in an attempt to alleviate other patients' suffering. Over the years, Claudia has come to realize how her stress levels are directly related to her disease activity. Despite this, she has struggled to implement stress reduction techniques in her daily life. And this is exactly what Claudia and I talk about, as we hope to help her implement some stress reduction techniques. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. And may Claudia's change talk in some small way inspire your own. Please note that this podcast is not therapy and is not meant to be a replacement for therapy. Please seek professional help if needed. Okay, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Change Talk. So I'm with Claudia here. Claudia and I have met today, but we've been going back and forth trying to find a good time. Claudia's been up to some really interesting stuff in her life. Um, I'm not going to give any spoilers for that. So welcome to the podcast, Claudia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we finally got to meet. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you spend your time in the world. Yeah, so that's a question, a question that uh, I feel like I haven't answered in a long time. So here we go. Let's think about it. Um, I just finished my master's last December 2019. So this year I started my first uh, grown up real person job, I guess. And just before I get into that, I'll just say that when I was 10 years old, I was diagnosed with inflammatory bowel disease or IBD and more specifically ulcerative colitis. And then when I was 16, I started volunteering at SickKids in the Inflammatory Bowel Disease Research Center and just kind of started to get a handle on what research involves. And it was just really cool for me to be a part of something that directly impacted me as well as my family because a few members of my family also have IBD. Um, So that was an interesting start into the whole research sphere and then slowly over time I changed from a volunteer to like a summer research student and then a full year long research student and then I switched and did my master's in a different lab and I've come back to the same um, lab that I began volunteering in so many years ago and now I'm a clinical research project coordinator at SickKids so I see patients or I used to see patients pre-COVID and enroll them into the various research studies that we have. And it's just been a really rewarding career for me so far. Mm -hmm. And then on the side, I've been applying to medical school because my ultimate goal is to be a pediatric gastroenterologist to just come full circle. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a lot of big words and, and I I don't want to 
overstep into the personal area, so feel free not to share certain parts of it. But can you just sort of explain what it's like to have IBD? Yeah, so totally open to share. Um, it's not the prettiest of diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, IBD basically involves inflammation anywhere from your mouth all the way to your butt. Um, specifically, mine is in my large intestine. Um, so there's inflammation there. But it's just interesting to note that it comes in periods of flare-ups and remission. So you can be really, really sick or really, really healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been healthy, luckily, for the past two years. But two years prior to that, I had a really big flare-up. And when I'm in a flare-up, it normally involves um, a lot of trips to the washroom, a lot of urgency, bloody diarrhea, gross. But then when you're in flare-ups, it's, I mean, sorry, when you're in periods of remission, it's just the complete opposite so you'd be as close to normal as right. possible but it sort of doesn't it's not something that you get once and then it goes away it's kind of just lurking yeah um, in it's some always way. with you so it's what you call yeah. a chronic disease so right. it'll be with me for the rest of my life um yeah. but yeah it comes in periods and goes so right the unpredictability of it is probably the worst part of it because you really don't know Right, because you're living next. your life and and trying to status quo and develop your life and build relationships and do your research and things like that. And then there's this yeah. just this thing that it's not really it's a sure. little cloud yeah. lurking. Yeah, a little cloud lurking, and sometimes it just sort of becomes a little bit of a storm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how did you, as a younger person, handle that? How, how yeah. did you accept it, deal with it, learn to manage it? Yeah, so when I was diagnosed, I was 10. Um, And I guess I didn't really think too much of it at that age. I probably didn't fully understand the severity of what having a chronic disease looked like at that age. Um, But luckily, I was able to get in remission. So I was doing fairly well really, really soon after my diagnosis. So I was diagnosed, I was super sick, and then I felt really okay for a, a number of years. So throughout his diagnosing grade five and then throughout elementary school and the rest of high school, I was completely fine. Mm-hmm. And then my big flare that I guess I say is my reintroduction to the disease because it really showed me what living with IBD is like was in fourth year university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was preparing to write my exams in December um, of fourth year. And I was preparing for colonoscopy at the same time because I was so sick that I needed to have a colonoscopy. So I literally didn't eat anything for the entire day except for orange jello because that's the only thing I could eat. And um, had a colonoscopy the day after. You couldn't have like ice cream to like soothe yourself for exam period. No, just liquids in the form of jello. And then I was hospitalized for two weeks after that. Mm. So that was my... I guess, reintroduction with the disease, as I said. And then that really showed me the full severity of how bad it can get. And then after that, I was on a few different medications that I just kept failing. Everything kind of kept me more stable than I was during that flare-up, but still not 100%. And then finally, I found something, a new drug um, that has been working for me for the past two years. So I've been the best I have been since fourth year university and it's taken like almost four years to get to this point. So. Right. 
And this journey for you, is that, has that sort of been a guiding light in, sort of in the sense of how you want to spend your time in your career? Yeah, definitely. So for me personally, I would, my ultimate goal would be to develop a cure for this yes. disease because there's still no cure, even though there are a number of medications. How is there no cure? <laughs> Great question. I don't know. Like there's, even though there's a number of medications now, we're lucky that we do have options, but they still don't work for everyone. And I think an important part of this disease is to have personalized medications because a trigger for someone or a pathway in the immune system, for example, that is dysregulated in someone with ulcerative colitis may be different from the next patient. So targeting drugs that are specific to the problems that a specific patient is facing are like super important. Yeah. So what if there was like a test or a screen that said like, you experience these things and this is your body type and therefore these medications will work for you kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. That would be the ultimate goal, I think. And that's kind of where the field is starting to head, which is super exciting for patients to know that they can have specific medications that will work for them. And it's tough at this current time too, because again, even though we have a number of options, they take months to actually work. So you could be waiting for months for a drug to work for you. Exactly. That ultimately may fail. So it's just been a bit of a waiting game, but a study that I'm on right now, which is a little bit different from the medication sphere is actually a diet related study. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's called the Tasty and Healthy study, and it actually started in Israel. So you have some connections in Israel through our research. And it's basically, it's really cool. It's fully worldwide. And it's basically looking at how having a diet composed of basically entirely like fresh things. So there's no processed foods, no, no, there's no certain meat. So you can only have chicken, like things like that how having a diet like that can change your IBD. So it's interesting to know that there's also dietary options that are coming to light for these patients. Is there a baseline that a person goes into the test that they have to start with? So there's two arms to the study. There is one arm for like the more active disease and one arm for the more asymptomatic or patients that are not experiencing a lot of symptoms of disease. Right. So it'll be interesting to see in both arms and kind of have a global picture of whether it does work in the more severe patients, which will be really interesting. That sounds very hopeful, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's good to have an option that patients who do come in asking for a diet. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Exactly. You'll actually have an answer for these kinds of sure. patients. If you had to sort of define um, why you've decided to go into this world, you talked about obviously having the personal experience, but was there some moment when you were younger made you be like, I want to give back? I guess a, a few things. I guess one thing first and foremost was my gastroenterologist. I loved her. She was like such an inspiration, such a role model to me from a young age. And I always looked forward to my appointments with her. I just loved the days. I guess I loved the days off back then when I was younger. Um, but I just, I just loved the idea of sitting in a room, being isolated from the entire world and having someone actually get be actively listening. Yeah. And understand yeah. my problems. And I think that was initially what drew me to research and ultimately to a career in medicine, because 
I just want to be that person on the other side, I guess. Right. Um, and it's also impacted not only me, but my younger sister got diagnosed with Crohn's disease mm. and my father got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis after me. So it's been oh. like a whole family affair. Yeah. And just, and then after that, just a lot of people that I know started getting diagnosed with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. And it's just become this whole like mass of people like more. And it's through these interactions with these kind of patients who then come to me asking for advice and what worked for you, what medications are you on and all these things. And I can only offer these people so much. Yeah. And it's through those interactions that I realize that I'm limited where I'm at right now and that I want to be at that level where I can help them in the like fullest capacity that I can. Right. For you, it's become something that you want to do, take it to an even higher level um, if you can. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely limited in what, what I can do right now. So I just want to make sure I ask this. Uh, it came up before and then I forgot. And I want to make sure that I ask in terms of when it does come on, have you noticed patterns over the years that say, oh, this is coming? What's sort of usually sparking that on for you? Yeah, um, 100%, I feel it coming. It's so linked to stress for me. Mm. Um, when I was in fourth year, obviously, that was when it was kind of linked to exam periods. So that was kind of expected. But most recently, this past summer, I wrote the MCAT, which you need to write to get into medical school. And in the months leading up to that, I started seeing an increase in my symptoms. And mm. I was like, okay, here we go. Like, it was just so expected. It was just kind of like waiting yeah. for it to come at that point. Um, but yeah, I started seeing more blood in my stool, more diarrhea, just all of the symptoms of a flare-up. And I guess the difference between me now and my fourth year self was when I was in fourth year, I kind of let it get to a point of no return almost. Right. I let it get to a point where I needed to be hospitalized to get better. Whereas yeah. now, as soon as I started seeing the early symptoms, I contacted my gastroenterologist immediately and was like, I need something because I'm starting to go downhill. So I think the importance for me, and I guess for anyone is recognizing early symptoms and signs and communicating that to your doctor and not letting it right. spiral out of control. So it just, you should just, it's not that once it turns on, it's this uncontrollable force. It's yeah, there's it's things like you need to do. Yeah, it's slow and gradual. Right. Yeah. But, you, but, but you, it's gotten to really bad places because of the lack of follow up and trying, you know, trying to actively like make a stop in some way um, yeah. in the past. And now you're probably more skilled at, at the, the, the part where you can sort of slow it down, can, contain it a little bit. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think I'm just more in tune with my body to know like, okay, this is at the point where it's not going to get better. Like I right. need medical intervention. Go seek yeah. help. So, so that's a big, big topic. And, it, and I'm, I'm, you're doing a lot to help facilitate growth for others in this area with the research. And I really hope that it works out. I really hope Thank that uh, it's fruitful and contributes to this big world of sort of chronic disease that is just so debilitating for people. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you for sharing. I'll just invite you to share with the world something in your life that you want to change. Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of a, a tough uh, transition, um, but I'll try to describe how I kind of got into this 
yeah. area of space and my own care. Um, basically, I was invited to be on this panel for the transition of pediatric to adult IBD. And basically, we were trying to develop a model of what transition looks like and what it should look like and what will be used in Canada in the future. So I was a patient partner on this panel. And I was so interested by the fact that there, this started like a year ago, I should just preface. I was yeah. so interested by the fact that there were health psychologists on our panel. And I had always known that, you know, the importance of the gut brain connection and like, but I thought that it was so cool that health psychologists were helping us to develop this model system and were a part of patient care. And it just kind of shed a light for me, I guess, on the fact that I had never been asked about my own mental health mm. throughout the entirety of my care. And I've been diagnosed for like 14 years now. And it just made me notice that I've been asked, how are you feeling? But not really like, how are you feeling? You know, right. how are you feeling physically, but not how, how is this impacting you? You're, you're a young person experiencing this Exactly. And like, it just, it just makes sense that there are psychological aspects to this kind of disease. It's well known in the literature. And you said stress just in and of itself. Yeah. And stress is a definite trigger for me. So I just, I guess that's the thing that I wanted to change. I wanted to seek out some treatment from a psychological perspective and just get a handle on the stress side of my IBD and try to see if I can adapt to more relaxation or stretch stress management techniques and see if approaching it from that angle would help in addition to the medication that I'm receiving. So it was kind of an interesting journey. Um, I started therapy about a month ago now. Um, So that's been an interesting experience being an advocate for myself and kind of taking this aspect of care into my own hands. Um, But yeah, I think it's just important to recognize, you know, the biopsychosocial model of health exists for a reason. People are not just their biology. There's also psychological and sociological factors that contribute to any illness. And it's interesting that my physicians never asked me about that. So I think that's another aspect that motivates my drive to pursue this career because I just see so many gaps in my own care that I'll make sure yeah, <laughs> I fill I mean, in future. It's, it's just, it's part of this awareness that in our, in our society about mental health in general and the importance of seeing things from all of these multiple angles. And you're talking about a very specific way that mental health and physical health can be connected. And, and so you've starting to take steps in order to reduce stress because stress is related to the onset of the, of the symptoms and the, the continuation and the, maybe the impact on the severity of the symptoms. And you want to, you want to start to deal with that. And you've been taking a lot of steps. So when it comes mm-hmm. to stress, what's one area right now that stress is really showing up for you that you're, that, that you notice it's a, this is impacting me and I want to handle this better when it comes to stress. This is this big word stress. Do you want to sort of, bring us down a little bit into what one area of stress in your life right now? Yeah, I guess in the summer. So I just wrote my MCAT like a month ago. So that was like a main driver of stress. Now it's the application side of things. It's just <laughs> never ending. Right. Um, 
But I think just overall, a main driver of stress for me is the inability to relax. So like in, in every, in every sphere of my life, like in work, like personal life in this like academic application sphere, it's just, I am really bad at incorporating like self-care techniques um, and just time for myself into my schedule, really no matter what I have going on. And I think it's just a lot of it is a personality. Um, it's personality driven. I'm very type A and always need to be on the go, always need to be doing something. So I'm aware of that and I'm aware that that's one of the, the uh-huh. main drivers of my stress. But right. yeah, yeah, I would say I, I feel it in like every sphere. Right. But it's, so again, we took stress as the big word and now we're, we're, we're narrowing it down a little bit to one dimension of, of stress management, which is relaxation. For you, mm-hmm. you have a very hard time relaxing. Um, you see this in your professional life and your personal life. We should, you know, get your fiance on here and see where he would <gasps> oh my God. with that. Um, can you tell me like the last time you felt relaxed? Did you have okay, a Okay, I just, I just went on and on about how I don't relax. I literally went on vacation last week. So last but Vacation last might week, not be relaxing for a lot of people, but that's but a whole other discussion. It, it was, that's why I laughed when you said we should ask your fiance, because last week we went on vacation. We went camping. We were like in the middle Amazing. of nowhere. Where'd you go? Like, we went um, just east of Algonquin Park. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, so nice. It was so relaxing. So yeah, that was the last time I relaxed. But he, when we came back, he joked. He's like, "I love vacation, Claudia. Like you, you oh. need to bring you need to bring her back. Like you, yeah. you are right, right back to your old self." I'm like, I can't help it. I'm so. <laughs> so that's a when you know, and again, vacation is an anomaly, right? It's not everyday life. So yeah. you can go on vacation and become vacation, Claudia, and <laughs> and your husband likes vacation, Claudia, lots, uh, or your fiance, sorry, um, uh, likes vacation Claudia lots, but then you come back and you're back to Claudia, et cetera, et cetera. So from the time you wake up, what what are you doing? Normally I have pretty early meetings, like 8 a.m. meetings. And then it's just like continuing on with my work schedule because of COVID, it obviously looks a little bit different, but I've been able to work from home. So then I'm just like on my laptop all day. And then around like four or five o'clock, I like close those windows. And then two weeks ago would have been like open MCAT windows, start studying. Yeah. So it was just like a full-time, a full-time job and then another full-time job. And now it's, it's kind of similar in that it's close that and then start writing essays for applications. So hopefully in the next month, my life will look a little bit different. After my first full-time job, I'll just have a full-time job of just chilling like being like claudia yeah right right now it's like so right now work and study takes up 90 95 percent of the day kind of thing like you like do you 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 start at eight in the morning and then usually you'll shut off at four or five from your day job and then you have to study um and that i can't imagine What's and then that? that basically took me until bedtime. Like it right. was just that's, another that sounds full-time job. Absolutely awful. I know. <laughs> that's like that's just like a dark hole of like, oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. it's amazing because you're building value, you're doing what's meaningful, you're trying to reach your goals. These are all important things, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but I it's trying like, to see the long term. <laughs> yes, the long term fruits. So right now it's like all work. You're, other than vacation, Claudia, which was all which was a period in the past it's really busy yeah. um 
and, and busy in a way that like provides very little uh, moments or opportunities for relaxation. Yes, 100%. That's my current life. So for example, on a day like the average day, not today, because you've graciously taken time to speak with me, (laughs) but on another day, um, when you're working till four or five, and then you're going to be studying and now applications. um, So there's things going on. Do you have, how often do you get to have a nice meal where you're not really just thinking about the next? Yeah. Um, I try, I try to stop. I try to make dinner. That's like my, a little bit of my downtime. But again, like I'm trying to make things that are fast and yeah. It's not pleasure. It hasn't been like an elaborate Right. Type meal for a while. It's not like get lost in the cooking and everything's a bit lighter and you're not like. Yeah, it's not like a relaxed, mindful experience. Yeah. Yeah. The time's ticking to get back to studying or to doing everything else that you need to be doing. Insane. I wish I was joking. I wish. Yeah, no, we have to talk about that. This is not like dramatic stuff, like being dramatic. It's like very. Thank you. (laughs) And and the problem with this and, 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 you know, uh, Matthew Walker and his work on sleep and talking about how students, medical students, who are learning how to be professionals end up being overworked and doing overnight shifts. And that actually reduces their performance in very dangerous ways, potentially, hopefully not. But like, it's kind of crazy. Apparently, it's kind of like fraternal in that sense. Got to like put in the hours. But it just sounds like mental health is really hard when you are trying to succeed in medical school. And I think the research bears that out, but I could be wrong. No, it's it's definitely still an issue, especially in residency. It's just the expectation of you put in the hours, like you said, and you need to do at that period of your life, and then like it's over. But you're right. How can you you come out alive and well? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, how can you be making decisions that are going to affect someone's life when you've been awake for forty eight hours? Like, it doesn't make sense. You wouldn't be expected to do that. It's crazy. Pilot, for example, like you're also in charge of making sure everyone's safe in that kind of position but yeah crazy it's it's insane yeah so so again for you right now the odds the structural odds right now are are stacked up against you because you're naturally your life your lifestyle is very very busy so i want to acknowledge that and and then say hey so this is what's going on right now um and at the same time let's talk about in some which way. So right now there's very little opportunity. And even when you're not doing work or study, like you're cooking or whatever, it's, it's just not that rejuvenating or relaxing for you. Um, so is there any moment that you do feel that like slight bit of relaxation? Is there like a little spark of that ever kind of thing? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I guess now, especially post MCAT, the weekends have been a bit more relaxing. Yeah. Like, aside from the vacation that we took, I've tried for the past few weekends to just, you know, actually, like, enjoy life. <laughs> so, last weekend, I'm Italian, so it's, like, our hey, thing. Hey, me too. To I'm make... half Italian. Oh, we made tomato sauce in our garage. You know, that's a September annual tradition that goes on. Amazing. So we did that. So that was really fun. And that was good too. Because Wait, tell I got us about to this tradition. Family. Oh, okay. Um, so if you drive past any neighborhood in Woodbridge, yeah. Woodbridge, Ontario, Canada, which is like a very um, Italian neighborhood, 
in August or September, you'll see people in the garage with like big pots of tomatoes <laughs> and you'll just be like, what the heck is going on? But basically we make our own tomato sauce that lasts us for the entire year. So we oh my gosh. do the whole process from going like from a solid tomato all the way to the sauce. And it's just, I'm so ex- it's great. I want tomato sauce. I'll send you some. This is so cool. So you just go to these neighborhoods and everyone, why their garage? Just because it's cleaner? Like, is there something special to Italians about garages? Well, you need, a, you need to have propane hooked up to a burner that like boils a huge pot. So you need to do it outside. Oh my gosh. Because you have like gas. Right, right, right. So, so you made tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. So that was like one weekend of relaxation. That was really good. Was that um, fun? Yeah, it was really fun. And we played all this like Italian music and it was hilarious. <laughs> My fiance is Irish. So he's like fully, fully into all of this <laughs> Italian stuff now, but he loves it. But yeah, so that was a really, a really fun weekend. And then after we made it, we had pasta with the sauce that we just made. And it was mm. Are there tutorials? I, I bet you there's like a YouTube channel that's like, my Italian garage or something like that. And it's like this guy or girl or woman, whatever, making Italian <laughs> sauces in, in their garage. I'm sure you could find it on YouTube. You could find like anything <laughs> yeah, you exactly. on YouTube. <laughs> exactly. So, so that's an example. Again, it's really nice though that you have moments where you take like not in your regular schedule, but when you have time off to do meaningful activities, fun activities, things like that. Um, but in the day to day, I think that that's where the, I think that's what's coming up for you is that there's not enough of, of the meat sauce in the garage kind of activity <laughs> in a, on a daily level. Yeah. Yeah. There definitely could be some more like, yeah. stress management or just straight yeah. up relaxation on a day to day basis. And it's funny because I always fall back on, you know, oh, I don't have time, whatever. Like everyone thinks they're the busiest person ever. I know I'm not. I know it's being dramatic. (laughs) But then it's so important to remember that that period of time that I take off that I have for myself, and I'm saying this as a reminder to my future self if I ever listen to this, that is so valuable for me to be more productive in the long run. Sure. Even though sitting there thinking about taking half an hour to go for a walk is like, Oh my God, how can I take half an hour? Yeah. That's a long time. Right. Then in the long run, I feel so much better when I come back and rejuvenated for. Sure. And once you make the decision that that's what you want to do, then, then, okay. The thoughts come up, tell you not to do that, et cetera. And you have your own way of dealing with that, but you've made that decision. I want to incorporate more relaxation into my daily life. And so you, you kind of do it, but I want to play the devil's advocate here a little bit. H- how does it serve you to not have any daily relaxation? How does it make your life better? Um, what does it help you avoid? What is it? What kind of value does it bring to you that you don't have this sort of daily meatball making or meat sauce making <laughs> in your daily life? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I guess it's just time. It's just that constant, like, it just feeds into how I see myself as this like constant like powerhouse that just never shuts off. I guess it just fueling this identity that I've created for myself. Yeah. You get to be this 
what you what what is a big part of you, which is the not vacation Claudia, which is the hardworking, <laughs> committed, you know, just on the ball, doing amazing work, receiving good recognition, even though that's obviously not what this is about, and and just providing the value that just gets to feed that. Um, yeah. What else is coming to mind? Um, so that that both um, a positive reinforcer or just something that you get to avoid uh, by not having that calm time? Yeah, I think in terms of self-care and relaxation, I find that that's normally like a little bit easier for me to do. But mindfulness, for example, like taking five minutes to do mindful breathing is like so painful to me. Like just having to completely slow down and just focus on the breath and like let thoughts come and go that whole time no matter like how many times i've tried i've taken a whole course on meditation in undergrad yeah and i've just like i've tried and it's just something that is such a chore to me yeah and it just feels like work like it's not relaxing to me i feel like it has the opposite effect so, so but who says you have to do that i'm like in other words like <laughs> You said you're good at the relaxation and self-care, even though you haven't necessarily implemented it, but you, you can do it, but you can't do mindfulness. And my response is like, who says you need to do breathing um, in order to relax? I mean, I do it yeah. myself. I, I'm not saying it's not great. I'm just, I'm wondering what that is. It's like the, the mindful, like people are like so frustrated that they can't be doing mindfulness exercises. I get this. Yeah. Like, what I, don't is know, that? I guess it's just become so mainstream that it's like this is the sure. thing that you need to do to relax download headspace and like yeah you'll be buddha like you know yeah. <laughs> like there's just that kind selling of selling the dream yeah yeah and i feel like okay maybe i'm just doing something wrong maybe um i just need to try a little bit harder at this but i think you're right i think there's just some people that no matter how hard you try it's just not for you and and I, and and in this space, I don't want to because again, part of the mindfulness work is that it is, it is difficult when you're focusing on the breath, be, just like you're focusing on any object of meditation, because you have to not be pulled away into all the different directions. And when you are, you have to come back to it, and it's a whole, it's mm -hmm. a commitment. It's a it's a lifestyle commitment, and it's easier for some than others. But there's so many, you know, and that's the thing about mindfulness becomes so saturated that just stick mindfulness next to anything, and what does that mean? But but what mm -hmm. you're saying is, is I want to be more relaxed and I want to have more of that in my daily life. And then you, you went into right away that the reason why I don't do that is because <laughs> mindfulness meditation, breathing sucks and I hate it and it's <laughs> annoying and I don't, I don't want to do that. And then my response was, well, who said you have to do that? And so this is where we're at now. Right <laughs> now, your association with bringing in more calm into your life is this version of what you need to do because that's what people do because headspace is the number one app and uh and everybody's into mindfulness right yeah yeah you described it perfectly yeah so so that so we had this one thing which is that you it's building your identity um to not focus on that because it's more time for this other claudia persona and we also said that that's not really true for you um and how you really see things and then it's this oh, I don't have to have the pain of having to meditate for five minutes um, because that's what you're associating relaxation with. Honestly, it should have been easier with COVID, like being home. It should have been just, you know, take five minutes, 
go for a walk and whatever, but I actually found it to be more difficult. I think in terms of just gathering my attention and focus, it, I feel like it would take me longer to get back in the zone if I just took those five minutes. It will end up taking me more time to get back into the environment and the mentality that I was in prior to taking a break. So I feel like that's also a big limiting factor for me. Like I'm in the middle of doing something, for example, and then I'm like, okay, just one more thing, just one more thing. And then hours go by and it's, it's just never like a good time, quote unquote. So I think that might also be a factor that, that contributes to it, that like being in the work mentality and not wanting to stop for fear of not being able to it's gonna, right back it's gonna in. suck up all your time after it's not going to be five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever it is it's going to end up taking a long time to get back in yeah and then so it's i'm going to lose valuable time yeah. is, an, is another this thing is, this is how my brain works <laughs> yeah no that's fine our, our brains all work in certain ways and for you it's this is going to take away valuable time um yeah. which you which you care about clearly you care about mm-hmm. your time and that's really awesome also, if I like relax by doing exercise, then that's also something that like makes me so tired to like want to go back. And like, that was another thing I kind of experimented with at the beginning of COVID, like doing a midday exercise, like at 12 noon. And then I would just find myself like lying on my bed for like an hour after being like, why did I just do that? I'm so tired now. So then like that was something that I kind of stopped doing because I was like, I don't have the time to like recuperate from that to get back into work. So right. Yeah. Just like I've tried so many different things, but it's just the getting back into it no matter what seems to be a challenge for me. Yeah. So there's all these sort of things that haven't worked out in the past. And it's getting, it gets in the way of your work in some way. And so w- why do you want to change? How, how would it make your life better if you actually had these moments of relaxation? Yeah, just, I guess going back to the IBD piece that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, I find that my symptoms and the way I feel are so closely linked to stress. So I'm at this point where I have recognized that stress contributes so much to the way that I feel that it needs to be something that is handled. And I feel like I'm finally at the maturity level to put myself and my health first before anything else. And I feel like I've kind of realized that if I don't do this, I will be hurting myself in the long run. Like if I don't get a control or handle on my stress, how will I end up being productive if I need to be in the hospital for three months, a month from now, you know, like it's just so backwards. So I think that that has really been the main driver behind wanting to really incorporate some, some kind of relaxation techniques into my life and just reorganizing what my priorities are, no matter how hard that is for me to do. Right. Because this is something for you that you, so some people, they want to work on their, their mental health and living a bit more holistically between school and life and work and relationships and all these different areas of our life that are important to us. And some people, it's not really related directly to their physical health, um, the way that it is for you. So for Mm -hmm. you, this is, 
if you continue to do this and you don't have mechanisms in place that create vacation on a daily basis or on a regular basis, you don't want to get to that place that you can get to physically mm-hmm. because then you're really out and not yeah. out productivity wise, but you're, it's your health, it's your life. It's how can you function if you yeah. have to go to the hospital for three weeks? Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's just not sustainable. Yeah. So I guess the benefits, like you said, for me are not only mentally or psychologically, it's also the physical, the physical benefits that's attached to it. Yeah. So it's like, how could you not? Yeah. How could you not? And, <laughs> and, and not to shame you about that. It's just how, you know, this is, this is really difficult, but noticing that just physical benefits, anything else, like I'm thinking relationship benefits you know vacation claudia what what does your fiance like so much about this person yeah i think it's just person like apparently very different from my normal self no just fully relaxed but like not constantly talking about the things that i have going on in the background like actually talking about about us about our future like there there were stories that we shared on vacation that like we neither of us have ever heard about each other before and we've been together for almost six years so it's just like that part of our relationship building was kind of missing for the past few months while I've been like head in the books yeah Um, and honestly just spending time together because I've been sitting at our kitchen table studying and Yes, I'm at kitchen table. We don't have an office below in the condo. I'm at kitchen table and he's been sitting on the couch for the past, like, however many months. So it's right. just nice to actually, like, do something together and not do- have us just as two separate entities, just ha- like roommates almost. Essentially. Yeah. We just happen to be living in the same space during yeah. the past few months. Right. Not really be able to spend quality time together. And, and so being able to just talk about life and not just focus on tasks and being able to sort of share stories about yourself. I mean, I've been married now for almost two years. Um, I was thinking about that the other day, like, yeah, I could just like, why not once a week just be like, so tell me a story that I don't know about you or something like that. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like what, what comes up still (laughs) after like so much time. Right. That's so interesting. So, so, so vacation Claudia was just more, focused on the relationship more present to the world around her that wasn't <laughs> the whole world of work and, yeah. and tasks and all the things and the responsibilities that you have yeah it's a totally separate chill right. person I chill guess. chill person so so that's another benefit i guess is an enhanced relationships quality of the relationships in your life particularly with your fiance who you live with yeah yeah Yeah. definitely and even like a family relationship yeah for example the sauce making was like something i was able to do which i wouldn't have been able to do yeah in the past months actually taking time out of my schedule to spend time with my family which was something that was like I don't want to say a chore because that sounds so horrible but it had to be it was something that I had to like plan into yeah, my schedule, schedule in before and for sure it's just, it's just nice to be able to be like yep yeah, we're gonna do this this weekend no problem I don't really have to think about anything else so right I guess it's just good too to have 
a break in the day, like to actually have some kind, some form of even in terms of self-care, like just actually taking care of myself. Yeah. And like, you know, taking a bath can be advantageous for like a number of different (laughs) reasons or like, you know, doing something that will make myself feel good in the end is obviously like another attractive reason to be doing those kind of things. Pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Pleasure. And just imagine what it would be like in the day like I just started doing that recently because um, I was having days, like today was a very busy day. Um, <laughs> I started, and I don't often do that, but I had to start at 7.30 um, and I'm going until about 6.15. That's on, that's on the longer end for me. But wow. in my schedule, I, I've made automatic um, take a break. It just says take a break and it's like an hour. Um, it sounds crazy because like that's an hour, but it's it's so helpful what do you I, do in that yeah, I, 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 no, no 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 today i actually had to do a little bit of like to me today taking a break was like getting caught up on emails because i was away for a few days and then like whatever that that's a bad example <laughs> um but in general it's more like make space for lunch however long that takes if if my wife's around teaser a little bit i don't know something <laughs> um but but again again it, it even it's just that it's there it's like it's a refuge and it's there um it doesn't need to be an hour like i don't really need an hour like i could probably use half an hour but i keep the hour knowing that i'll probably spend some of that time doing a little bit of something that i don't have actually responsibility for um in my work life Mm -hmm. um but i need to do um but mostly i really try to make that space in the middle of the day i just i just try to, to have a middle of the day thing but but again that's not the, the essence of how I can create relaxation because then there's the morning time and there's the evening time and how, how do we navigate that? Um, so for you, there'll be more pleasure because whatever you would fill that time with would be not work and mm-hmm. it would be more pleasure. And then it would also be novelty within a day of a lot of focus. I also, um, <laughs> I just bought a book literally last week. It was like the first time that I got something to read that wasn't like an academic or like I can't remember the last time I actually sat down to read a book so that was also like one of the steps towards you know trying to keep vacation Claudia alive as long as I could again you're you're starting to name activities that you may want to do as you start to negotiate a new kind of world of relaxation and reading you'll get back to reading that's a Mm -hmm. pleasurable activity for you um yeah so Good stuff. And like, these are all, big I see what, I see what you're doing. Am I you're making me list doing? all the pros after I just listed all of the reasons why I don't want to do them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sneaky a, laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so you've already, you've got enough fuel for motivation from based on the fact that that some of the things that you get benefit from by not having the relaxation, you realize that aren't really necessarily the case for you. And then there's all these incredible benefits, enhancing of your quality of the relationship and your health, which are huge. And then more pleasure. Like these are all amazing things. So let's, let's get into planning a little bit. What, like, what is, what, (laughs) and again, you can name a bunch of things and that's fine, but I want you to, if you can really in this change talk, name one of them that you want to do. It sounds like the middle of the day is even more difficult for you. I, I don't know, because that's something to figure out 
I don't know yeah. exactly how that would look, but what's one area where you can make a plan and do it? Yeah. Honestly, I really have enjoyed like not so much heavy working out, whatever, but literally just going on walks around the neighborhood have been super relaxing for me and something that I haven't been the best at incorporating into my schedule, but it's something that when I do, when I come back, I feel, I do feel relaxed. So maybe it's just actually like having time to schedule it. And like, I agree, maybe the middle of the day was not the best time for my schedule. And maybe that's why kind of fell to the wayside, but maybe in between switching from working to whatever I have to do later, or eventually when it's like, just when I finish work, actually taking time and putting it in my schedule. Maybe even if it's like two or three times a week, just to go for a walk. get out, go for a walk. Yeah. What will you do on that walk in the sense like, um, are you going to walk with a friend? Are you going to walk by yourself? Are you going to walk and just be with your thoughts? Are you going to walk and plan your next work day? What, what's, what's the walk? <laughs> no, I, try, uh, no I, I would try like not to, honestly, I've, okay. So I've tried to go for walks where I don't bring anything and it's just like me, myself and I, and I do find myself thinking about you know, next steps and whatnot. Yeah. But I have found that when I listen to a podcast, podcasts have been like my new go-to. Yeah. When I listen to a podcast, it's like so distracting that I don't think about those, the next task or what's next on my to-do list. So I think it would be like going by myself. I do appreciate going, like taking the time for myself yeah. and just having an individual activity, mm-hmm. but listening to a podcast like one of the podcasts i started listening to is call her daddy you know okay i just know that it's on that store in the in the itunes sorry in the apple like top rated podcasts yeah is it just like a total like it's like a full like girl yeah like it's it's a really silly podcast but it's it's just nice to like turn my brain off and yeah you know amazing into like unfiltered content yeah and it's like not that high stakes, like, you know. No, it's like, totally not. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite. Yeah, the opposite, right. And that's amazing. So that's, and again, I want to just float out. We talked about potentially stuff related to family experiences, maybe having some quality time with your fiance in the evening, when you, especially when you have more time when you're not doing the devil job, doing mm-hmm. fun things like that. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about exercise, maybe a little bit of meditation has come up, but maybe not. Um, just different areas, more mindful cooking, all these different areas. But again, as we come into the here and now, you, you sound like you're pretty open to scheduling in two or three times a week, uh, a walk that mm-hmm. uh, even, even through the wind, even through the colder months, maybe um, where you just get bundled up and you just go for a walk and play call her daddy or the equivalent <laughs> of that, or like just something silly, or you call a friend or you call a family yeah. member and just something lighter. So you get the benefit of either turning your mind off or you make it a time to call somebody you care about. That's connection yeah. with others. That checks off that box. You get outside. So it's a change of scenery. You quasi get a workout, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things you're getting out of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that the, even the calling piece too, like I have done that on walks too. And it's just, it's so nice because you're kind of like hitting two birds with one stone, you know? Yeah. Um, so it sounds like that's an interesting plan. And I wonder if you think you'll actually do that. 
no <laughs> <laughs> um i think i think for me like i schedule everything else but i'm so bad at putting things in my calendar that relate to Life. downtime or yeah relaxation you know so i feel like if i put it in my calendar like you like the technique that you've been trying i feel like i would be more inclined to actually make it happen if i have reminders going off totally and i actually see the time booked off like okay during this time i already have previously said that i'm going to dedicate it to going for a walk so i'm not going to schedule anything else during that time it's it's taking your personal life using skills from professional world using skills from it just means you're taking it seriously just like mm -hmm. you take your job seriously so you take your personal life seriously and you make exactly. time for that stuff and that sounds like a really good way to do it so if you had to sort of start it off today you've done you haven't done that in in tomorrow's a new day how often do you want to schedule that in for yourself um i feel like i really want to go after this podcast because i'm like yes in the that mood. is my goal <laughs> good. it's the right time it's transition into dinner so maybe yeah maybe the transition even if you have to go back to do other things work related maybe there's got to be a split where you go for that walk and and how long do you want that walk to be probably like half an hour half an Just hour kind of see where it takes me and how many days a week do you want to do that um Ideally, I would love to go like every day, but probably okay. I'm, I need to like start slowly. I know because otherwise I yeah. will just be like, no, that's not working. Yeah. Um, probably at least like two to three. Let's say two. Okay, um, two. <laughs> not because I don't believe in you or believe in myself, but just when on the side of too much or too little, too little's better. Better. Um, so two days a week, you are going to go for a walk um, and you are going to use that opportunity to get outside, to work out in some way, mm -hmm. to connect with relationships. Also, maybe to shut your mind off and listen to call or daddy or equivalent or change talk. Um, <laughs> or, change or your own episode of change talk while you're going for a walk. If you had to sum up this entire interview into an image or a thought or a phrase, what would that be? Would it be go for a walk? What, what would it be? Um probably prioritize yourself prioritize yourself okay prioritize yourself i see Does that makes sense should i should i make a no i just have this terrible <laughs> habit that i need to do a change talk episode about which is just that unless i like the phrase i like don't let people like for some reason when i think that the phrase is i don't know why because this is someone else's world and their thoughts and everything but for some reason if the phrase doesn't sound right to me it's like it's not right but this is not true so it can be go for a walk if you, if you no prefer. no no prioritize yourself was that what it was yeah prioritize yourself okay say it a few more times maybe you'll yeah you'll maybe. fall in love with it yeah well it doesn't it doesn't matter what I think anyway um, but it's going to be represented that prioritize yourself I guess because that's the real general thing and then that's the, the overarching goal I guess and right. going for a walk is like a baby step towards yeah. prioritize yourself. <laughs> And then that's Comma, the, go for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I hope you enjoy your walk after this episode. Um, thank, you. thank you so much for sharing with us some of the work you're up to with IBD on a personal level and a professional level. I really hope that this change talk that you've brought to the table can in some small way inspire other people's change talk when it comes to making time for themselves, 
when it comes to feeling that they need to do relaxation in a very particular way, when there's so many ways to do it. And for you, you've been able to name one particularly particular way for you that you're going to increase that in your life. Awesome. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Don't forget to follow us on social media to keep updated on all our content. We are at Change Talk Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Change Talk Pod on Twitter. Editing for this podcast is done by the lovely Atara Shields Tile. Music and theme song by Hope and Social in their album Yorkshire Electric EP with the song People Change.